Welcome everybody back to the PHLY Sixers post game show. I'm Derek, joined this time by Rich Hoffman. How you doing, Rich? Derek, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'd like the Phillies to score some more runs, but besides what? that, I'm doing well on we, a Friday we, night. We at least got a a, a Schwarber bomb before we got on the show. That was nice to see. I definitely, not at all, do not have the game up on my laptop right now. I'm using it for work purposes only. You have my full attention. Um. The Sixers. The Sixers, yes. Thank you for getting me back on track. We did have Joel Embiid's preseason debut. You know, he missed the first two games as he was ramping back up. Missed the third game because he was under the weather. He did get back here. Uh, outside of James Harden, you had most of your regular rotation on the floor. A couple players, you know, a Turquavion here, a Philip Petrosev there. Other than that, you had most of your main guys here. So it's probably the most relevant of the preseason games we had to talk about but it still just didn't feel like regular season basketball. I think that's in large part because Joel Embiid did not look like he is ready to start the regular season from a conditioning standpoint or just in the flow of the game standpoint. Just a bigger picture look. How do you think Joe looked here uh, in his first action? I thought he looked unbelievably rusty. Yes. But that's okay. Like, I, I want to preface everything we say about Joel here, which is going to be mostly negative about this performance with, do you remember what happened last year? He played two of the worst games in the regular season uh, against Boston and Milwaukee. Ran out, didn't even talk to the media. He was so mad at himself after the uh, second game. How did the game end? Or how did the uh, season end for him? He, uh, I believe he won the MVP. He did. And I think we have seen over the years, I've always said this, Joel is a rhythm basketball player. Yes. He is at his best, and he doesn't like load management games. Because, in part, because he says he gets out of shape easily, but I actually think it's more than that. I think he loses the touch on his jumper. I think he loses his ball handling a little bit, which is amazing for a big guy. Um, those type of things are uh, are super important to him. And at the beginning of the season, when he has not played in any of the uh, the first three games, he just doesn't have it. So, you know, you see him the night, you know, he, he takes a jump hook, he's like, way short it's yeah. like it's like short completely out of his hands you see him try and pull off one of his patented hand uh hang dribbles excuse me not a hand dribble um hang he dribble and does he does probably use his hand to dribble he does yeah he does it is it's not a foot dribble it's a, it's a hand <laughs> dribble. he can do that too he's a pretty good soccer player but in this specific sport he would be using his hands yes he does like uh dribbling the ball with uh with his foot after uh after free throws and things like that dead balls um but yeah, he just, he wasn't good. And then the other thing was like, part of this is a preseason game. I mean, how many times did he get beat down the court by Clint Capella? All of them. All the times. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, I mean, I we can even go back to, remember game two against uh, Boston last year? And it was, oh man, the Sixers got a, uh, they, they have a chance to rest him for another game in this series. And they were like, no man, uh, 
And people were like, oh, should he have uh, actually played because they lost by a million? And the Sixers were like, look, he's going to have a terrible game. He's going to have a terrible game. We need to get this out of his system before we try right. in the next games. So I, I think that's all it was. He didn't look great. I think we could talk a little bit about how, how they used him. I, I'll also give him credit with, um, you know, he got better as the game went on. Second yeah. half was a lot better. His defense in moments, you know, of course he gets Trey Young and Clint Capella. But yeah, he was rusty at the start. Yeah. That's okay. We have, we have Tom the Cat asking why we're doing the game right now. Look, we realize there is another game going on in the Philadelphia sports landscape. Trust me, I've got it. All, I mean, I don't have it on my screen. I'm giving my full attention. But I am invested in that too. We're here because a lot of people still want to talk Sixers basketball. And quite frankly, we need the reps too. It's preseason for us. Regular season right around the corner. We're going to be doing a lot of post-game shows. Got to get a couple of practice runs in here. People can listen tomorrow too, Tom. Right. It's not like the it's only a live show. It's a podcast too. It's going to live on YouTube. You can find it whenever. Go <laughs> Phils. I get it. I'm with you. That being said, I agree mostly with you. He did look like physically he's just not there yet. Like yeah. he is not ready for the start of the season. A little bit like last year when he had plantar fasciitis. At least you understood it a little bit more. I don't know if there's something that he's possibly dealing with coming in, but he did not look like he is ready to go. And it, Watching him tonight, you know, when they held him out of those first two games, it made that decision a little more obvious. Like, it, it made a little more sense because he just did not look like his conditioning was ready. And that kind of sucks because I feel like we talk about this almost every year. But his breaks were slow. Getting down the court was slow. He was laboring. There were a couple possessions there in the second quarter where he didn't move offensively. Like, he just stood pretty much near the dunker spot, which he rarely does and just did like watch the play unfold. That's not Joel Embiid. And that's frustrating. Like you mentioned, he started off real slow last year, had a 40 spot in the third game, even though he lost to the Spurs, which was wild. Um, but he started off slow and he just looked like when Joel Embiid, you mentioned when he's out of rhythm, but also when he's tired, the mistakes come. The decision-making slows down a little bit. He gets sloppy with his dribble. He had a couple there uh, in the first half where he was really sloppy with his dribble. It just brings out the bad in him and look am I going to make too big of a deal about it no on the one hand like they need him a little more right now because they don't have James Harden or you expect that they don't have James Harden and before the game um, Nick Nurse did mention that they are proceeding forward as if they, they don't have James until something changes at this point you expect you won't have James Harden a little later a week from now when I start you're going to need more from Joel Embiid than you otherwise would have he looks like he might have to ramp into it and that Sucks, and again, you wonder. You hope there's nothing really more behind that. Um, but he looked very rusty, and he looked like he's just not ready. And like you said, he's a rhythm basketball player. He will get better as the season goes on. He'll get. He'll be playing better basketball a week from now. Well, a week from now will be almost a week off. But in in two weeks, he'll be playing basketball just because he's back in a rhythm. He does seem like the type that really needs game action to get into game shape. So he will work his way into shape. I'm not too worried. You just realize this is a season where every win you might need because the uh, if you are going to spend a lot of time without Harden, the seeding is going to become a little more important than maybe it was a couple you know last year. I felt like in the Simmons was sitting out season, so that's two years ago at this point, right? Yep. They all they blend together for me at this point, so I'm just fact checking you to make sure. I felt like he was in really good shape for him to start yep. that season. Like he played really well in that first game against New Orleans. Um, you know, I, I feel like there was a game against Oklahoma City early. Like it felt like he was kind of ready to go, and and maybe there was a little bit of motivation for him there because you know he was like, all right, Ben Simmons won't play for us. You know, a lot of people thought I was almost not as valuable as him for a long time when 
that was never the case. And, you know, I don't know if the motivation is just not quite yeah. as there anymore because he did win the most valuable player last year. But yeah, like I, I've seen some um, chats in the comment or uh, comments, in comments the in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place right now. Uh, Miles saying Joel doesn't look ready for Giannis and Brooke on Thursday. I agree with that. I think he's probably going to um, struggle a little bit, but I do think he's going to be ready for Giannis and Brooke in March yeah. in yeah. January. And the weird thing is he doesn't, he doesn't even look like he's physically carrying much extra weight. Like if I yeah. just look at him, he looks fine. It's just, he doesn't look like he's in game shape yet. Uh, and that can take a little bit. To, I, I agree with you. It's not a long-term concern. I just, yeah. I feel like you're focused. I might be focused a little more on early season results just because you have so much uncertainty coming into it. Uh, what do you think about how they ran offensively um, with Joe on the floor? It was interesting. I mean, I think we did see that it's not, um, you know, reinventing the wheel here, you know, like the idea that Nick nurse is, is going to completely revolutionize Sixers offense. I, I didn't quite see that. I thought there was a lot of set plays early in the game where he caught the ball at the elbow specifically, not the top of the key, not the free throw line, the elbow. And I think one of the things the Sixers are trying to get a little bit more movement on the weak side. And the other thing they're trying to get is Tyrese Maxey coming off. You know, I think they call it Chicago action, like screen for Maxey on a pin down and then run him into the handoff with Joel. And I, I thought that looked good. Like, I think that's going to work pretty well in, uh, in the regular season. I know Kyle on Twitter said the ball was not sticking to Joel as much. I think that's probably true. We also saw the downside of that. There were a million turnovers and Joel had a couple of them, but the other guys had a lot of them too. And I think we saw a little bit of the downside of, Ooh, okay. The ball is moving more this year. It's like, well, yeah, we, we did live through the Brett Brown era when they led the league in passes, but they also had those games where they just turned the ball over to an insane degree. They had no chance to win. Um, but I, I thought that looked good. Like, I mean, you know, I, I think I'm going to reserve judgment a little bit uh, moving forward. But the the idea of getting a little bit more movement, getting Maxi kind of in a, a supercharged J.J. Redick role, yep. um, I like that. I thought it was good. No, there was definitely more movement. Joe didn't dominate the ball as much. There was more, you know, dribble handoffs. Uh, you don't necessarily have maybe the natural DHO person that you had in the Redick or, you know, even Bella... Hold on, hold on. I hear a lot of, of screaming. I, I, I didn't have. I actually, I honestly didn't have it up on my laptop at that point, so I feel a little left out. Apparently, the Phillies did something. Go Phils. Um, <laughs> you don't have as much that in the as you did in the Redick in the Seth Curry uh, era of Joel Embiid, but I do think Maxi can. I mean, Maxi can make every shot on the floor, and he can certainly add anything to his arsenal in terms of shooting that he doesn't currently have. So I like that. And it does seem like there's still more cuts. There's still more slot cuts, even with Joe there, than there yeah. were in previous years. Uh, specifically like that very much um, with Springer, also a little bit Melton, a little Kelly. Uh, there's more movement off ball, and especially more movement trying to draw that corner defender in with him. So I've liked that. I think more or less, it's hard to take too much from this game because it is game one from Joe. You know, But I do think offensively, it, you, the little bit you would take is that there's a little less ISO heavy, a little less pick and roll, and a little more movement. I thought it looked, outside of the fact that Joe couldn't make anything and they were passing to the other team a lot, uh, struggled to dribble at times, I thought it looked pretty good. Well, I, I think it looks good in, in principle. It didn't look right, good right. on the court when they yeah, were right. throwing the ball away every other play. But like, look, I'm with you. I support more ball movement, right? We've seen um, this team stagnate in the postseason, and they're trying to figure out... Um, you know, if not to play exactly like Nikola Jokic, because Joel just does not have that skill set. Nobody does. That's why he is Nikola Jokic. 
to get a little more unpredictability from the right. other guys. And I think especially if Harden is not going to be here, which newsflash, he, uh, he was not, uh, then that's the way you have to play. That's kind of how they played at the beginning of the, the year in 21-22 uh, with, you know, a lot of Seth Curry, a lot of Maxi, a lot of Joel bringing the ball up. I, I support it, but I, I am like going into this with eyes wide open and like understanding, yeah, there's going to be games where they just throw the ball all over. Right, the right. And that's okay. And games where you dump the ball to Joe and you let himself create uh, from the face-up. That's going to happen um, because he's just the most talented person on the team by far. And there's not a whole lot of plus passers or creators on this team to sort of make up for it. So yeah, it was nice to see Embiid. I don't want to say he finished strong, but he's certainly in the second half played better. Obviously, yeah. the free throw line helped even those numbers out a little bit. The rebounding was another area where I thought he just didn't have the kind of lift, the kind of movement, um, you know, didn't make the kind of bursts that he needs to be making in you know, May and June. Not there yet, um, but I thought on the glass was one other area that he struggled. Uh, but it, it was definitely good to see him clean it up there in the second half a little bit. We, we can also agree that for a, a first run for him, you know, after sitting for so long, Right. Clint Capella and Okongwu, that's not, like, fun. <laughs> They're fast, like, yes. like, he's better than now, them, but Clint he needs Capella, to be. Clint Capella blew, I feel like, four or five easy bunnies in the first half. Oh, yeah. But still, just beating him down the floor, that is a guy who's going to run and run hard every time. But By the way, I, I don't know if it's just preseason. Did Trey Young get worse at throwing lobs? Like, he used to be absolutely surgical with those things. He couldn't throw one to uh, Jalen Johnson when it was a two-on-one with Pat Bev as the right. guy back. I don't know. Something about Trey, I don't know. It feels like he's not quite as efficient as he used Speaking to be. Speaking of passing and Pat Bev, he had a couple of just complete head scratchers. Just complete. Get yourself like in a in a jam and have no way out and just throw the ball and hope. <laughs> and both of them were pick sixes. <laughs> I mean, the one when it's the last shot of the first quarter, they're running pick and roll with Pat Bev and Embiid. Pat. Take the screen and get the ball to Joel. Right. He he goes hero ball, rejects the screen, jumps, and there's been some some great stories. I think um, what is her name? Oh, Caitlin Cooper. She wrote that great story on Tyrese Halliburton and how you know jumping the pass can be really good. That's not Pat Bev. Right. That's not no, Pat no. Bev. Keep your feet on the floor like it's uh, you're yeah. a traditional kind of player and and how it's always been coached because when you have no idea where to go, it it turned out to be a. No, the, the the Pat Bev jump passes and the Kelly Oubre outlet passes. Not you're not putting them in a Smithsonian. The one, the one in the fourth quarter where Oubre, he, he was just, wide open. He, he was wide open. Wide open. That's yeah, okay though. I don't, I don't uh, really know how that happened. That's okay. It's preseason. By the way, Sixers won one twenty to one hundred six. I guess we didn't uh, we didn't mention that strong second half. Uh, I mean, end of the preseason on a two game winning streak. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, there we go. All right, uh, we will get back to talking about the game in a bit. Before that, a quick word from a couple of our sponsors. First up, I want to talk to you about Shady Rays. Uh, I'm actually really interested in getting a pair of the snow goggles. You, you, you don't snowboard at all, right? I don't picture you as a snowboarder. You picture correctly. <laughs> but I typically don't wear sunglasses because, you know, I'm blind. Shady Rays does have prescription sunglasses, so I'll check those out. Also want to check out the goggles so I can hit the slope. Assuming we ever get any snow in this area again, it feels like the last couple of years we've gotten very little slow, but I, snow, but I hope that we do because I will check that out from Shady Rays. Gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. 
with durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports, their quick-swap snow lenses switch easily from full sun to low light. Don't let changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes when all you need is Shady Rays snow goggles. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of their eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Shady Rays is also committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program. Teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also want to tell you about SoulSavi. SoulSavi has been around since 2018 and their mission has always stayed the same. Get sneakers into the hands of people who love them most. SoulSavi is a sneaker community that operates in Canada, United States, and the United Kingdom. Apparently something else happened. Uh, with three uh, membership levels, including Basic, which is free, Mobile Plus at $12, and Premium at $33. Premium membership includes Mobile Plus features, along with obviously the Basic ones. With the Basic version, it's for casual sneaker buyer, and it gains you access to one of a one-of-a-kind marketplace built for you, not resellers. Mobile Plus is for the sneakerhead who is always on the go to build a rotation of sold-out sneakers straight from your phone. Premium service is for the sneakerhead who is tired of paying resale. Find your grails and grow your collection in the world's biggest paid sneaker community. Sign up for Soul Savvy by visiting soulsavvy.com slash allcity or by downloading the Drops by Soul Savvy app. All right, I think... Uh, what did they? What did they? I just turn on the Phillies game. What did they cheer for? Uh, Nick Cassiano sliding catch. Nice oh, play. Okay. Uh, I was looking for a score change. There was no score change. No score change. All right. Let me let me add two more things now. I, since I was on the topic of Trey Young, there was a possession in the first quarter where Danny Green was chasing him around a screen, getting grief in the chat for asking for snow. Yes, I would like to go snowboarding once or twice. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want a lot of snow. Just enough for the slopes. The slopes not to be garbage. That's all. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's fair. At least get cold enough so they can make quality. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's fair. Uh, Danny Green chasing Trey Young around the screen, and Trey put the brakes on him and got a foul. That brought back some rough yeah, memories. Yeah, it did. That yeah, game one, when they, <laughs> they put Danny Green on him to start the game, when they had Ben Simmons. I mean, obviously, we know how the end of that series happened, but Ben Simmons was clearly the best option to put on Trey Young. Can you believe it was just two years ago that Danny Green was defending Trey Young one-on-one at the start of a playoff series? He was not only doing that, he was doing that for a, a team that was heavily favored right. to win, too, as well. Um, that, that was a bad memory. The other thing I really liked from Nick Nurse tonight, and it was in the second, um, second half, DeAnthony Melton obviously makes a million threes in this game. Um, he was, some of those were in transition. Some of those were off of rebounds. But the two that I really liked were, um, I think you saw a little bit of the sloppiness in the first half was because... Atlanta played a really aggressive pick and roll defense. They had Capella, Akangu, whoever Joel was, you know, setting the screen, who was guarding him while he was setting the screen. They were basically trapping. And what you need to do on the end of that is rotate a guy on the end of the line. So, like, part of the reason teams don't do that, it ends up in corner threes. Right. 
The problem for the Sixers is that the Hawks were pretty smart with who they were doing that against. P.J. Tucker's guy pretty much always was the person rotating in. And so and he had a couple of record scratchers real early on. He did. And so I thought, first off, like, I do wonder, is P.J. going to start for this team? I mean, you, you kind of need James Harden to, to make him a viable starter at this point. I think there's an argument he shouldn't be a starter anyway, but you definitely need James Harden because if, if you're going to be an egalitarian ball movement system, that's not P.J. Tucker. No. No, I, it, on the one hand, he makes more sense to start with James because James creates those corner threes that make him even remotely viable. On the other hand, he might be more likely to start without James because they just don't have all that much depth, and the guy that you would put in his place, Melton, is going to start in Harden's place. He Look, you can't you can't have no points on in 20 minutes and just two shots. Like, it, it, <sighs> and, and all he does on the back end of that is set flare screens, which, like, yeah, it's cool when it works, but it'd be cool if you could stand in the corner and drill threes, you yep. know? Yep. Or, or maybe attack a closeout when somebody goes wildly at you. I, I don't know. So I thought it was a really smart thing Nick Nurse did in the second half, though. He got DeAnthony Melton a couple of threes because he started running double drags with P.J. up near the ball. And basically, that confused Atlanta because they had to crash while um, aggressively trapping the pick and roll they had to crash with Melton's guy. And it turned into easy passes for Tyrese to uh, DeAnthony in the corner. I thought that was a kind of a cool, nerdy X's and O's thing just to show that, like, Nick Nurse, like, he knows what he's doing in the middle of games. Um, now, does it actually matter, the, the tactical adjustments in the preseason game on October 20th? No, not really. But it, it was nice to see a glimpse of it, you know? Yeah. Hope, you hope you get some of that in the postseason, is my point. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so where do we want to go to? I feel that you sort of mentioned Melton. Ended up with 29 points on 16 shots. Probably has been their most consistent player throughout the preseason. He's been really good. Um, outside of making a billion threes, what did you see from uh, D'Anthony? I think he made all three of his layups on fast breaks. <laughs> he missed one. He, well, um, no, no, no. That, that was a half-court layup. On fast breaks, he made all three. He missed a half-court. You're right. No, I'm talking about the transition. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. obviously, the half-court ones are not very good. Um, the, the ones that kill you are like, oh, man. He like, did have one where he bobbled it, like the, the catch, but he still... he, he Gained control and went back up. I think he's played really well, uh, and I think he should be the starter if uh, if James isn't here, right? I think he should be the starter regardless. I think he's I think he's earned that. Yeah. So you think bump PJ out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that being said, we, we've talked about this a lot. That three guard lineup was not particularly good last year. Um, eh. I think they were like a plus six or whatever, but the default net rating is usually like plus fifteen to twenty. Low minutes shooting can influence. It wasn't really low minutes. It wasn't great, um, but I think I think I would probably give that a chance, especially with the way Nick Nurse wants to play on both ends of the floor. If you're going to have a like a Gallagher offense, like having another you can dribble and shoot, yeah. is helpful. Uh, and in terms of a defense, he certainly can you know rotate and recover a lot better than PJ can at this stage. If you are going to play chaos ball on uh, on defense, he's a perfect guy. Like there was there was a play where Joel he got beat off the dribble. And Joel kind of, uh, he like stepped up to take his man and the player dumped it to the big guy. And Melton, he, he did get fouled, but he made an amazing hands play on the block. So, right. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's, he's really been great. And like the threes have been confident, especially off the catch. He's been really good defensively. He's, he's been incredible. Um, you know, he, I will always worry a little bit about him getting through screens on the perimeter. That's his one real weakness defensively outside of just not being 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, 
And especially when you combine that with Maxi and a couple other people, like there's there's that. But he has been active. He's a one player outside of Jaden Springer, and we'll get to him in a minute, who's really thrived. Um, I, I, I like having him in the corner. Uh, actually having a shooter there helps. And Tyrese Maxi ha- found him a whole bunch. Like what do you have? I think seven assists there in a third quarter. Maxi alone. A lot of those were, I mean, I think made four threes. Uh, making three helps would have been great if you made threes in game six against Boston, but, but that's okay. Oh. You have off nights. Still Ouch. stings. Yeah, I mean, it just stings. It just stings. Um, he's been, he's been real great. Real great. Let's move on to, uh, to his backcourt mate, Tyrese. Ended up with 15 points, 12 assists. Like I said, seven of those there came in that third quarter when the Sixers dropped 38 to get back into the game uh, and has been firing three uh, all preseason. I thought he was similar to Joel. He got better as the game went along. Like, I thought he, I mean, he turned the ball over a decent amount in that first half, right? Like, just didn't make kind of the reads that the Sixers were looking for. Yep. I mean, Atlanta made some good hands plays. Like, look, DeJounte Four turnovers for Tyrese is a lot. He's lot. not a turnover prone guard for that four is a lot. De, DeJounte Murray is very good at getting his, his hands on balls, like the Anthony Melton, too. Like, very good deflection guy. Um, but yeah, he, he was not sharp at the beginning of the game. It's clear that he hasn't played in a game with Joel uh, yeah. in a in a long time. Uh, got a lot better as the game went along. And obviously, Nick Nurse makes the tactical adjustments. And uh, towards the end, he just, just started to cook like Tyrese does at the end of the games. That was fun to see, you know, him just ISO guys and dribble threes in their face. It's um, not worried about him at all. But, I, you know, he was a little rusty to start the game yeah. for sure. I think one thing that Kyle and I were talking about while I was at the game is Springer and how he has to be in the rotation. I feel like he has to, he, the way that he has played defensively and the way that he looked not only competent, but pretty freaking confident offensively. You know, he had another, what was it? Two threes again today, two threes in 13 minutes. I think he, he entered the game and immediately got a uh, turnover, so, forced a turnover assist. I got a steal, got made a, a corner three off of a little bit of movement transition and assists. He's, played really well and also you just watch him play defensively like in terms of blowing up a screen and just completely forcing them to reset their action he's as good as anyone on the team would you do you think he will be in a rotation on opening night i don't know you've been you've been around the sixers more i think he deserves to be i think first off for this team's kind of organizational goals and also how well he played in the preseason both of those things equal playing time for him in my eyes but I don't know. What, what, do you think Nurse is going to put him in the rotation? He comes in pretty late at, at in the end of these halves. I will say. What happened? You just hear clapping in the, the studio. Completely. I just wonder what happens. All right. Anyway. Um, no. I mean, look. So let's go. You got the starting five. Assume assume no Harden right now. Right. We got the starting five. Starting five. Reed. Yep. And then I'm assuming maybe three other guys. Okay. So who who do you think will be in that three? Yeah, I, I feel like Danny's probably going to get some minutes just because he's played well enough. And I think this, Nick probably wants a. Um, you've got you've got the three wings, right? Danny Kelly. Um, yes. Yeah. Does he beat out any of those three for you? Yeah, he does. For me, does he? Beat Do you, does he for for Nick? That's I don't a better know. question. That, that's a better question. Um, because you don't expect Nick Nurse to go with a ten man rotation off the jump, probably, right? Maybe he will. Maybe well, I mean, Doc did it. He, he always said he liked doing it at the beginning of seasons, just to you know keep guys alive and also limit some minutes. It, it is a little hard to build some continuity when you do that, right? 
Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't mind a 10-man rotation. Honestly, I, I I feel like someone like, you know, there's some players, like I feel like if you start House out of the rotation, it might be tougher to bring him back. And that might be part of it too, like where Springer maybe doesn't have the expectation of being in the rotation, so it's easier just to have him out to start. But I think the young kid should be rewarded for what he's done this preseason and get a chance to build off of that. Maybe Danny, because he's so deep into his career yeah, and that's, he's done everything, maybe that's the easiest decision to make, even if you expect Danny to eventually come back into it. But Danny's been much better than I expected, too. I mean, I, I, I thought Danny was on his last legs. I thought there was a chance he wouldn't make the team. Now there's, he's definitely making the team. Just will he be in that top nine or ten? On merit, Danny's probably deserved it from what he's done in the preseason. Um, but I would like to give Springer a shot. I think he should definitely be. He makes one Danny Green cut a game and, yep. and hits a three, so... He dribbled uh, back into another corner three. He just loses people. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, it's it's good. But like, look, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like one of the biggest Jaden Springer skeptics out there. He's won me over, at least for the preseason. I think he's played really freaking yeah. well, man. I, I, I mean, you and I, if people who listen to our podcast, we were not believers in Jaden Springer. And I'm happy to be proven wrong. Me too. Now, four preseason games isn't pro- proven, but like, I think he's on the way to earning a spot. Um, I hope he develops because that defense is legit. The even just crash, crashing the glass and the, the athleticism he gives you there. Um, he and on the three point shot has what's he shooting in the preseason? It's got to be above 50%, right? Looks good, looks and com- he, he looks confident, confident too, like he's stepping into it. Uh, and again, some of these, like I said, the, the, the first one he had was off movement in transition, sort of like sidestepping in the corner. It's not just been plant your feet in the corner and shoot, he's looked real good. It's funny. It's pretty similar to the form he's always had too. And we've been like, Hey, he brings the ball down pretty low. It's like a a long load up, but I feel like he's kind of sped it up a little bit. And look, he's true. Could also be some bias in us because it's going in. We tend to have make or miss bias. It happens. He's, he's drilling shots. I've been very impressed by him. You know, what was the play that, um, that really impressed me tonight too. I mean, obviously he just needs to make catch and shoot threes, but just in terms of the confidence playing with, he comes into the game. You're right. He forces the turnover. And then I think he gets the ball kind of late shot clock, pump fake, drive, and he finds the house on a uh, on a baseline cut for a layup. Just nice pass. And that just f- feels like he's playing with a good level of confidence here. And we know he's obviously better than PJ with the ball in his hands. But it just oh. feels like he's – well, obviously everybody is. <laughs> but, like, my, my point is he hasn't always, like, been a great ball handler. He hasn't always – seen the floor like that. And and I think he's seeing it really well right now. So no, he, I, I would absolutely give him, what do you think? 10 to 15? Yeah, he's yeah. earned it. He has 100% season. earned it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think you're right. My answer would probably be sit Danny to start just because I think he would take it the best. And like Danny, while he has played well, is not probably, you know, make or break for uh, your success at the beginning of the season. Right. Also, you can save them if uh, if things go poorly too. It'd be like, all right, Danny, we uh, you know these legs are, are going to be fresh a little bit for uh, you yep. know December, January, those things. So that would be my answer. Yep, and he would play Springer. I agree. All right, get to their game. A couple word from a couple more of our sponsors, including Game Time. Look, there's going to be another Phillies home game. Better be a World Series game, but you know, fingers crossed, it's still going on. If you're going to invest all that into tickets, and look, you and I were both at game two. Those tickets aren't cheap. You're going to show out. Now, maybe the tickets in Arizona are cheap, but if you can go to them, good for you. Uh, Or maybe just buy them just to piss off those fans. But whatever. If you're going in Philadelphia, that could be a pretty big expense. You're going to want to know what you're buying. If you're looking to get in on the action, I always say Citizens Bank Park really is best home field advantage in sports right now. 
you're going to want to check out GameDime to make sure you can get the best deal possible. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And you get images of the seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. It's always a huge, huge benefit. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. With the tickets sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Also, need to tell you about DraftKings. Again, high-stakes game, might want to put a little money on it. Enhance the experience just a little bit. Things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong and make it to the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same-game parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See draft cdkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I cannot say eligibility. I can't do it now. I don't know what my issue is. You got it. Anyway. Eligibility. I think I stumbled on that three different times in the course of one read. uh, I'm going to go home and say eligibility 14 times in a mirror straight. Anyway. No, I'm probably not. That's why I'm going to fumble the next one that's why we have kyle do that one anyway what uh one other thing i liked just because we got to see it i'm interested in it you're interested in it we got the fan service lineup oh paul reed next to joel Embiid. paul reed joel Embiid, jaden springer tyrese maxi kelly Oubre. Oubre is kind of the 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 fifth guy uh Bases load, no outs. Pretty big at bat for Mr. Boehm here. Uh, <laughs> would like him to do something. But to see Springer and Maxi and Reed and Embiid, that was uh, that was interesting. Now, I think we've uh, I've seen some chats in the comments about that. You know, Maxi. No comments in the chats. He did it again. <laughs> that is your version of eligibility. Yeah, I'm just. No. It's a mental block for me. Oh well, <laughs> these live pods, man, they they get to you. Uh, but people were talking about that, and uh, it was good to see. I mean, it, they had Paul Reed in the dunker spot for the most part. Sure. Which I think we've been there before, you know. 
having somebody in the dunker spot off Joel Embiid offense is a little bit interesting, but Maxie found him a couple times for, uh, for buckets. We will see how that goes. I, look, I want to see Nick Nurse experiment. So, Yeah. No, I mean, look, even with the aspects I don't necessarily have confidence in, I want to see him try. And I've been consistent on this from the jump. I don't like Paul Reed next to Joel Embiid. No. I didn't like it last year. I don't have confidence in the shot. Just because Nick is empowering him does not mean the ball is going to go in. I have I give full support on trying it out, though, especially on a team that's not exactly super deep. With a young player who's made so much progress and who's now on a second contract, give him a chance to grow and expand his game and prove that he can fill more than the past. It's on Paul to not take too much from that. Like you can't, if you are given a little bit of responsibility, you have to be responsible with it. And with freedom comes that responsibility. And to be honest, like I didn't think play completely out of control. I just don't trust that he's going to space the floor. Or if he has a clogged lane, like he will have more of with Joe on the floor, whether he has the handles to really make of the chances. There I was, have a lot of concern. There was one of those plays where he got the ball in the dunker after kind of Tyrese and Joel drew the rest of the defense and he walked and right. you can't do that. Paul. But uh, look, I, I just want to see it. If here, here's a question for you at the end of the season, the percentage that Paul Reed plays at each position, power forward center, what do you think it ends up being? 90% center. Okay. So you don't think it's going to be that big of a, I think it'll probably start off like 60-40, and then I think they will probably scrap it. Not because Nick has given me indication he will scrap it, but because I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and look, you still have a very good backup center uh, if it doesn't work, but I'd like to see it a little bit. That's yeah. No, I am 100% on board with trying it out. Uh, and again, early season, just try shit. If it doesn't work, scrap it, move on. Nurse seems like he's going to be quick to scrap and move on. I feel like this is one where he might give it a little more time to see if it can work, but I just have so little faith in that shot, uh, and I don't trust Paul to put the ball on the floor when there's a crowded paint. Um, and most of what he does well, even defensively, I like him better as a sort of like chaos-causing center than I do as more of a perimeter player. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. Yes. Got mildly distracted for a second. I'm mad at you guys. It's good. <laughs> so, as everybody in the studio besides us, like, if you thought, like, we were cheering, you should hear the rest of the studio. Philly's up four to two. People um, are not cheering for your Paul Reed. They point. were not cheering for Paul Reed. <laughs> Again, try it. But I'm going to be honest with my confidence level. It's pretty low. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so any other takeaways from tonight, Tobias? He's present. That's, I think that's fair. Do you think, <laughs> so we mentioned the rotation going into the season. So Pepev's out, you think? <sighs> he would be for Oh, me. probably not. I don't think he will be out now that you mention it. We did, we did forget him, right? We had the three wings and Paul Reed and tried to cut it off there. No, he's probably in. And I think Kyle's been on this a lot. I think he's the one where fans will go like, uh-uh, put Jaden in the head of Pat Bev. 
I don't think Nick Nurse will to start the season. Again, this is more just going off of my gut on on trying to read Nick Nurse. Certainly hasn't told me his rotation. Uh, but I, I could definitely see Pat Bev in the rotation to start. Thank you for cheering for Paul Reed, Chuck. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so, you know, look, I it was a very sloppy game, but I, th- I think part of that sloppiness doesn't matter as much once Joel gets his two legs under him, right? Like yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just saw him in the first half. Like, there was one time he, like, looked up at the sky like, man, I cannot make a single basket. And it's true. Like, he just did not have the legs to be able to do that. Um, so like, look, I, I like what I have seen from Nick nurse. I, I think it's been, you know, if we take stock of the entire preseason, okay. Outside of James Harden, that that hasn't been the most positive development in the world. And if we're actually grading, whether like, you know, that, that's, that's probably like the exam. That's 95% of your grade. Right. But in terms of what Nick nurse has been able to work with on the court, I don't know. I felt pretty good about what I've seen. No, and between Nick nurse, um, and also like some of their depth has just turned out a little better. And again, it's four preseason games. You don't want to make too much of it. Their depth has looked better than I expected. Part of that is I think Danny Green has a little more life left in his legs than I expected. And again, that doesn't mean he's going to come in and start. You're not going to put him on Trey Young, but I think he might be able to contribute five to 10 minutes every now and then more than I thought he could, you know, two weeks ago, Jaden Springer's looked better. That's a part of depth. Um, I mean, Kelly Oubre, as much as I'm not a fan, I think has generally, like, I think he's buying in defensively to a decent level. Uh, and certainly had nights where he's made his shots. He's looked a little better. I think their depth is a little better than I expected, but James Harden is, I mean, I, I said Tobias Harris was present. James Harden is literally not present. And Joel Embiid is, I mean, you're going to have to round him back up in the game shape. Oubre made a nice play tonight where it was just a very simple pick and roll with him and Joel, but... Again, Atlanta was trapping the entire game where he found Joel on the short roll and Joe found Melton for one of his threes on the opposite wing. Kelly, if you just do that, we're good. Nope. You're going to play 20 minutes a game like, and you will have earned it, man. So. No, I mean, he's definitely one where like if he just simplifies his, his game and tries not to, do, he can he can absolutely fill a role. Uh, we will see whether or not he does but, that. But I'm with you. Danny Green, Kelly Oubre, Jaden Springer, even Pat Bev had moments where he was moving better. You're still playing four on five on offense way too much with him, but he had moments where, he, like, defensively, he was getting into some guys. I, I think PJ moved pretty well tonight. I know we focus on his uh, kind of his lack of offensive firepower. He got up for one of those offensive rebounds. That wasn't like a – obviously, it was the BS PJ Tucker offensive rebound, but he, he jumped over a phone book on that one, you know? So I, I like how they – Again, there, there's been some decent stuff at, at the beginning of this crazy season that we are all about to embark yep. on. Um, it's just not James Harden. Gavin is giving us grief because he's five minutes behind on the Phillies game and we're reacting. I'm sorry, I can't not react. It's it's the NLCS. Like when 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 this run is over, we will be laser focused on not talking about other sports. It's the NLCS. If I see a, you know if I see two runs come across, like I'm probably gonna react, even if I don't mean to. It's gonna happen. So I don't know. Don't be five minutes behind on your Phillies feed. We won. We won. Uh, no, it's, it's, I do think a lot of the preseason has been positive. It's just Joe and Harden. Hard not to focus on that a little bit. And Tobias has been pretty bad. Now, we'll save that for after the next break. Also, if you have any questions, be sure to drop them in the chat. We'll try to get to them in the last minute. Um, 
do you have any thoughts on Tobias? Like, I don't really care about Tobias too much because I know what he is. Like, if he has a bad preseason, it doesn't... If he had a good season, I wouldn't really care because I know what... What is Tobias? 30, 31 at this point? Like, we know who Tobias is. We know what he will eventually give you. Um, so him struggling here, maybe doing a little too much of Toby Ball when Joe's been out, um, even maybe a little too much here tonight at various points. I know who and what he is. He is a, a guy who's probably going to hurt a little bit from the loss of Harden if Harden doesn't return to quickly uh, because he will not get as many easy corner trees because he will try to separate a little more than you would like. Um, but outside of that, any real thoughts on Toby so far? I think him not being up to par probably matters a little bit more, though, when you're giving him five or six post-touches a game. Oh, sure. Yeah. Where, you know, in, in past years, you know, he, he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy, so he has the reduced role, and, you know, how he's playing is more just how he's shooting. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably been below his past standard. Oh, he definitely role, has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the preseason, so that's kind of the one negative. Um, and look, I think it's going to matter because do you think Harden's playing anytime soon for this team? No. No, no, I don't either. So he's going to have to get back to that 2019, that 2021 standard of, all right, man, like, you know, you are going to have to make some of these low post uh, ISO touches. So, And that will be something where as the season progresses, it will be interesting to see if Doc has, any, not Doc, geez. It'll be interesting to see if Nick Nurse has any new wrinkles he can add to maybe unlock Tobias that doesn't rely quite so much on him posting up or him, Settling in that pull-up jumper, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if he can, like I said, untap anything that he hasn't shown before. All right, uh, we will get into and specifically, I want to talk about the other backup centers and and, and the one who wasn't in the rotation today, which was pretty interesting. Before that, a quick word from Foco. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with it being football and tailgating season, it means that overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, FOCO has. And FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. So I think we... Yeah, so um, in terms of the backup center, Petrushev was out. He's in. I forget exactly what it was. Ben Simmons hurt his feelings. <laughs> yes. Um, and yet Mobama didn't play. Now, part of that is obviously Joel Embiid returned. You want to sort of round him into shape. Joel Embiid played the first 12 minutes, the entire 12 minutes. It was 12 minutes in the first quarter. The entire first quarter. Third quarter, too, I think. Yeah. Played into the fourth, too. So... Embiid played more than he normally played in the fourth preseason game just because he hadn't played in the three up before that. So that impacts it for sure. But I'm a little... Are you, are you, do you read anything into the fact that Obama didn't play at all? Yeah, that he's out of rotation. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I think... Uh, but you, you don't expect him to, like, cut him instead of Petrushev or anything, do you? Like, he, do you expect him to still be a third center? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Kyle and I have been discussing that a little bit on the show. Um, and I think we both are sort of in agreement that there's probably more upside, or at least the team sees more upside in Bamba than they do in Petrushev, but he's been really bad. Yeah, and, and I think heading into the preseason, we would have said he's the third center behind Embiid and Paul Reed, but he's also played poorly too. So 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's clear that he will, uh, on the nights that both those guys are up, he's not going to play. And uh, I think he's going to have to deal with that. But, you know, ultimately, you look at him and you still see, you know, the three-point shooting, the, uh, you know, the length, all of those things. Now, does he apply it in games? He didn't in the preseason. But you would hope with Nick Nurse for a full season, maybe he can unlock some of that. So. No, he was. He was. I mean, we, we just mentioned like a lot of the, the bench players, role players, maybe exceeding our expectations. He's the one that completely reversed that. He's he's been very far in the. And again, I don't think I had my expectations very high. Like I viewed him, like I saw someone in the chat mention that he has submitted himself as a third string center, and I think they're using that as a, a negative. Like no, Paul Reed was always the backup center. I never looked at Mo as threatening that. Even with that expectation, he's been a disappointment as a third string center. Did you also see in the chat uh, there was a question about um, about PJ? And if he doesn't start, how does he take it? It's a good question. I think it's a good question. I think there's an easy answer. I think the answer is not well. Yeah. No, I, he's, he's, a, he's a very prideful person, for sure. Um, you can see him not loving it. But, <sighs> look, I think we both appreciate PJ for defense. Sure. It's not like he's going to be playing 30 minutes anyway. Like, what does it really matter if it's coming off the bench? I say that as someone who's not a professional athlete. Um, but I just I want as much spacing around Joe as you can get, and he's not providing it. And you want, as much, especially if you're going to try to go side to side a little more, you want as many players who can take someone off the dribble as you can. And you want floor spacing, and you need those corners to be occupied by defenders. And if he's not doing that, and again, I don't care about the 0 for 2 as much as I care about the shots that weren't taken. And there were ample examples of that today. Do you think it turns into the Keith Bogans, one of those things where he plays the first seven minutes of, of the first half, and third, yeah. And then they close with the lineup you're looking for. It's it's Melton, it's Maxi, and I guess if Harden's not here, it's Ubre, maybe. It's a good question. I, this would be much yeah. I don't know, maybe. Jane yeah. Springer. Close with Jane Springer. Hey, I'm there. No, I it, dare to dream. Yeah. Could be Ubre, could be maybe even Danny Green on some nights uh, when he's playing well or matchup dictates. Um it could be it could be any of it. I th think we might have Kyle checking in, maybe? No. I think oh, we do. We do? We there do? we go. There we go. You there, Kyle? We're gonna have Kyle coming in from the uh from the Wells Fargo Center here in a moment. Um yeah, it's 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 a tougher question because there's no clear cut answer to replace him. But I do think that it's it's just getting tougher and tougher. Like we struggled a lot through the last couple of years, um, or last year, arguing like, do these zero point outings matter? And yeah, I, you know, I don't even. It's not it's not the points, it's the spacing. Like, yeah, but crippling your spacing is tough. But for me, just it's because of the new offense. It's because Harden isn't here. I, I think you can live with some of those limitations, those huge limitations. Now you can't live with them if you're going to play like this. Right. All right. We got Kyle? There you go. There you go. Doing, what Kyle? up, fellas? How we doing? I'm doing well. We're doing well. It's a fancy-looking mic you have there. Uh, I don't know about fancy, but it'll get rid of all the destruction and chaos in the background that uh, you guys know we experience at the Wells Fargo Center on a Friday night. So sure. happy Friday. I hope you guys are getting to watch some of the Phil's game. So uh, overall, how, and we are, 
been very distracted for much of the podcast. It has not been our best performance. We'll get we'll, we'll be we'll be ready when the regular season starts, so don't worry. Overall, how do you think Joel Embiid looked there in his preseason? I would say not great, and it's mostly physically. I think my big thing coming into tonight is how does he play and integrate with these guys who are playing, you know, up tempo. And I thought he sort of bought into what they wanted to do and move the ball around. He actually, we just talked to him in the locker room a few minutes ago, and he said there were actually a bunch of passes that he made or reads he had where he didn't feel like they were on the same page. And, you know, that's going to take time that guys are going to be expecting the ball more from him now, which I think that's a good sign. But, you know, Derek, you and I were talking at the game. I didn't think he had great lift. I thought just didn't get up for rebounds and blocks the way I thought maybe he would have when you consider that we talked all offseason about Nick Nurse wants him to be aggressive, wants to be chasing block shots. And unfortunately, that's not really how it played out tonight. And I guess we'll yeah. see how that changes as he gets his legs under him. No, he was definitely stuck in no man land on rolls and stuck in quicksand on some of those transition defensive opportunities. He's a, uh, Needs to work his way back for sure. Kyle, did he say anything about that? Like the rust, the not having played in the preseason, or sometimes he doesn't admit kind of what's apparent if it's negative. I would <laughs> That'll say. be fine. Yeah, uh, he didn't exactly say, you know, I'm out of shape or anything like that, but I think he did allude to the fact that hasn't played and, and needs to get his, his legs under him. Nick also said, Honestly, I don't know if, how much you guys are paying attention compared to the Phillies game, which certainly in your right to to watch the Phillies over this stuff. But he played. Well, I think when 15... you listen back to the podcast, you'll know exactly how much we paid attention. Okay, so he played 15 consecutive minutes in yeah. the second half. He played entire third quarter, first three minutes of the fourth, and Nick said after the game, Joel honestly wanted to play more. So I think he's cognizant of the the fact that. He needs to get his lungs. He's got to get his, his legs under him. So even if he's not admitting it when we're talking to him, I think that's kind of a giveaway that he knows he's got to get moving in the right direction. As you can probably imagine, and as we were talking about a little bit on press row, we were talking a lot about Jaden Springer and the spot in the rotation. Was there any discussion about that with Nick after game, or, or do you have any sense of what the rotation will look like? No. I mean, I think the rotation decisions are – kind of up in the air. I believe they're actually, hey, good news, Derek. They're practicing tomorrow, I think. So if you wanted to spend your Saturday in Camden, good news for you. Where uh, else would I I was be? planning on <laughs> on talking to Nick tomorrow about a couple things, one being a different rotation question that I don't know if we have the answer. Will he stagger Joel and Tyrese? Because the first half of this game, we saw lineups that were, I think it mm -hmm. was Pat Bev, Oubre, mm -hmm. Danny Green, Ferk, and Paul Reed. And Ferk was getting minutes because he hasn't played all preseason, needs to get out there. But that changed in the second half. We did see Tyrese without Joel. And so that's kind of the big looming question for me with the rotation. Are we going back to all bench lineups again? And if so, will people be as mad as when Doc Rivers played all bench lineups? We saw it tonight. It, I think they, they're going to be pretty mad, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> what was it? it was like a 16-3 to 3 run or something to start the second with, uh, with well, the yeah. out there. It wasn't, wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Um, 
I guess what what you see obviously Melton made a bunch of threes and that sort of makes the stat sheet look looks look good all around. Uh, but in terms of Tyrese running the show, playmaking, what did you see from that? And, and did they talk about it in the locker room? Yeah, it's good. You know, I think Joel actually joked in the locker room. He's like, if Tyrese wants to lead the league in assists, I bet you he could. And I think he was kind of inferring if he just gives him the ball a lot that that'll be a good result. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, I like Tyrese playing with pace and not just like, hey, I'm going to sprint, sprint, sprint everywhere. Quick decision maker, which at times that's been – a struggle for him. Obviously, whenever you have a man, something must really be going on over there. I hear some background <laughs> noise. <laughs> I, I think if you find a hot shooter like the Anthony Melton, you're certainly going to pad on a few assists that maybe you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But you know, overall, good for him. I don't think that he's the pick and roll maestro that maybe we hope he could be if he wants to be an all star, all NBA type guy, but slowly creeping along and even made that uh, Joel and Paul Reed lineup work very briefly. So that is an accomplishment in itself. Well, I mean, what, what did you think of that, that lineup and, and the way that those two look together? I called it the fan service lineup, which was, uh, <laughs> so, by the way, I enjoyed it too. So I liked it. I, I would say that Paul looks comfortable in that dunker spot and it's going to hinge on Joel hitting threes. It looks like, and Joel is going to be a spacer it looks like a lot more this year that Nick really wants him in that trail spot a decent amount. So if that's the case, then Paul is going to be able to do things on the offensive glass, work out of that dunker spot. I, I know, Derek, you're fist pumping over there because Paul Reed working the too. offensive glass Apparently Rich is my just streams so are exactly exciting. lined up, which is pretty incredible. You're about to hear cheering. We're ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, I, so I can tell. Out so. All righty. So anyway, so Paul Reed – and Joe, it looks like they're going to play a decent amount this year if they're saying, hey, we got to get this lineup on the floor in the final preseason game and Joe's only game. They're not worrying as much about play the starters as many minutes as possible. If they have to get tinker with it at this point, it seems like Nick really wants to give it a go. So we'll see if that ends up happening. Kyle, one other thing we were talking about, you know, and you can use your own observation or if somebody talked about this after the game, it feels to me like PJ is kind of a, a little bit with this egalitarian offense, the ball's moving, all of these things. It, it feels like it's kind of hard to put him on the floor. He doesn't feel like a very yeah. good fit. I feel like he's setting a lot of flare screens. That's the only thing he's doing. Uh, in the second half, Nick did a good job of moving him up into the double drag just because the, his guy was helping the entire game. I guess, how do you think he fits, especially if Harden is not here? and kind of not dribbling the air out of the ball and playing like he has his entire career. I have people in the background waving their arms at me, so I don't, I don't know if I'm getting kicked out by uh, Lauren Rosen from Sixers.com or not, but okay. Oh, now Lauren's trying to invade the stream. Anyway, so yeah, look, I think the one good thing with PJ Does she not so spend far, enough time in front of the camera? I mean, she's got her own social media team. Derek is hating on you right now, for the record. <laughs> don't worry about it. So... <laughs> PJ has looked pretty good physically, which I think has been encouraging because I, I think after last season where there were some real ebbs and flows to see him come out and be doing PJ stuff, a lot of offensive rebounds, grit type plays, that stuff's good. But yeah, I mean, when you see House come into the game and he's immediately running dribble handoffs and trying to be involved as a an attacker, 
and all PJ's doing is setting screens and standing in the corner for the most part. It's like, that doesn't really seem like how Nick Nurse wants to play. I mean, even somebody like Danny Green, where he operates a ton out of the corners, you guys both know he's cutting back and forth across the baseline. There's constant movement in what he's doing. So there's not that static nature that PJ's given you. So I tend to agree with you that it doesn't seem like a stylistic fit so far. Maybe that's part of why PJ was tied to James and a lot of those trade rumors that came up throughout the offseason. But I at least think that how he looks physically is a good sign to start the preseason. Obviously, at 30-whatever years old, 38 is he at this point? It's got to hold up over time is the important thing. Agreed. He, he elevated higher than he usually does on a couple of those offensive rebounds, which is good to see. Anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, look, Kyle, go get out of there. Thank you for jumping on. And I will yeah, uh, see if I see can tomorrow. catch any of this Phillies game that everybody's yelling and pumping fists about over there. So come on down. Enjoy the rest sure of the show, we'll fellas. And yeah. I will not be coming on down. I am going the hell home. See you guys. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Anything, uh, any other stray thoughts here uh, on that game before we head over to the other room to watch the end of this Phil's? It's just kind of crazy that the next one is going to actually count. Yeah. Yeah. And there are going to be a lot of eyes on this team for that game. Yeah. Because well, of, of their opponent. There will be a lot of eyes on, on that game for sure. That's um, yeah. It would be nice if they're going to Milwaukee with the, a, a full deck. It does not seem like that is in the cards. Who knows? Things could change. Um, but certainly having not played it in the preseason, now being away. Nick, like I said, Nick Nurse before the game mentioned um, that he is preparing as they, he won't be available for the opener. Um, yeah, I, truthfully, still no idea what to expect on that situation. Now we'll see how, how Joe can get himself back in shape because outside of that, I do think there was a decent amount of good to take away from this preseason. I think there's some intrigue in the season. It is always easier once you start actually watching basketball to get for basketball. Um, as down as we can get at various points uh, throughout the offseason, uh, throughout a really ugly offseason. Um, basketball is fun, and I love it. And I'm glad that games of significance, of leverage, are coming back. I wish it was under different circumstances. Like I said, I don't necessarily think this hard situation is close to being resolved, but we will see what shakes out in the next week. Thank Real quick, for if, if I'm not on before the Milwaukee game, the one thing I'm excited Tyrese against that backcourt defense, he could he could have a nice night. Yeah, in yeah, he could. That uh, of course, that backcourt could oh, have a nice night against. Oh, him they too. might have a much nicer. Right, <laughs> right. Um, all right. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. I'm in. Go, Phils. Mm-hmm.